Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast, where we believe God is with us and speaks to us wherever we're at, whether at work, home, or on the move. We'd love for you to be connected with us by visiting us at myemmanuelchurch.com or any social media platform using at myemmanuelchurch. Thanks for being with us, and we hope you enjoy this message. Good afternoon. So happy to be here with you all. I wish my brother didn't say I was a great speaker. I think that puts like too much expectations on me, but uh, I will do uh, my best. Um, My name's John Garcia. Uh, Like he said, that's my brother over there. Uh, Gabriel wanted a break, so I'm going to take over for him. Uh, It's it's actually, it's been been a while since I've uh, preached. I want to say it's been over half a year, so I am excited to get back into it, uh, but hey, you know, take it easy on me, you know, take it a little bit easy on me, give me some encouragement out there, uh, and I do see some new faces here, and I'm so glad to have y'all join our little community uh, this afternoon, um, but I'm just going to get uh right into it. I'm going to be talking about uh, leadership. I'm going to be talking about leadership, but not maybe in the way that uh, people traditionally speak about leadership. I'm going to talk about what do we look to to lead us in our lives? What what leads us in our lives? Um, A few years back, I was working at a Christian substance abuse rehab, and I started off there in the role of education coordinator. And so I taught classes, um, and there was a curriculum that the people in our program had to go through, and we had uh, several books, and one of these books was on salvation. So it was just breaking down salvation, and it explained that one part of putting your faith in Jesus, this is the phrase that it used. One part of putting your faith in Jesus is making Jesus the leader of your life. Making Jesus the leader of your life. And, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. When I first uh, heard the, the way that was phrased, I'm, I'm kind of particular on how things are worded. I thought I was like, I don't really you know, care for this phrasing. It's a little too simplistic, a little elementary. Uh, even cheesy maybe, but uh, but it's true. Can't argue with it. Part of putting your faith in Christ is making Jesus the leader of your life. And you know what? It's been years since I worked there, and I still remember that phrase, make Jesus the leader of your life. So despite the fact that I didn't really care for the wording, I mean, it must have been pretty good because here I am remembering it and sharing it this afternoon. So just that idea of making Jesus the leader, the leader of your life. It's about following his example, following his teachings, allowing Jesus to lead you through life. Now, there is a, a lot of different things that we can put in a position of leadership in our lives. There's a lot of uh, people, things, ideas, uh, influences, desires that we can look to to lead us through life. And so this idea of putting your faith in Christ, it's a changing of leadership. 
Maybe there was other things that led your life before, but the part of salvation is making Jesus the, the leader of your life. It, it's shifting what guides you uh, in life. So the question that I put to you this afternoon is who or what is the leader of your life? What guides and influences you? Uh, it's, I think it's something that maybe we don't uh, always take so much time to think about, to reflect on. Is like, okay, you know, what really am I making my decisions in life based on? What is really guiding me? And it's an important question to answer because who or what uh, is leading you will determine how you live your life and where your life ends up. So it's a very important question. Who or what is leading your life? Um, I'm going to be in the book of John. My name's John. I'm going to be in the book of John. Uh, I didn't write this book. It was another John a uh, few thousand years before my time. Uh, the book of John, the 10th chapter, the 7th verse. Uh, I'm going to be reading out of the English Standard Version. If you have a different version, it might be a little bit different. Um, and I want to just talk about a little bit before I read it, like where are we in the biblical story? Well, it is the book of John. It's the gospel of John. It is about Jesus. We are in the time of Jesus. And so far in the story, John has told us of several miracles that Jesus has performed. He has uh, healed a blind man. He took a, a few pieces of fish and bread and multiplied it and fed 5,000 people. You know, he took some Lunchables and he made like one into like 500. That's what happened. And uh, pretty amazing. And uh, he walked on water. Um, and so then we come to this passage, John 10, where Jesus is speaking to a crowd of Jewish people. And then after this verse, he raises Lazarus from the dead. No big deal. Um, and so in this verse, in this passage, Jesus is telling us who he is. He says a few of the things he says. We'll get into it. But he says, I am the door and I am the good shepherd. He's telling us these things. He's saying, this is who I am. And the people, the crowd, they're divided. They, some of them say, you know, no, Jesus is crazy. It, you know, what is this guy talking about? And others are like, no, this is not, these are not the words and actions of a crazy person. They actually call them demon-possessed. That's the word they use. They said, this person is demon-possessed. And others are like, no, he is not demon-possessed. So this is where we're at in the biblical story, uh, John chapter 10, verse 7, and we'll get into it. So Jesus said, uh, to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. We're talking about some uh, sheep this afternoon, you know, some bad, bad. Um, verse nine, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's a very um, popular verse there. 
11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Notice he keeps on saying good shepherd. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay my life down for the sheep. So there's a lot of imagery going on in this passage. We have uh, sheep, thieves, and robbers. We have a shepherd, hired hands, a wolf, and a father. It's a lot to work through, but I'm going to focus first on the thieves and robbers there in verse 8. It says, all who came before me. This is Jesus talking. He's saying, all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to him. So who are these thieves and robbers that Jesus uh, is talking about? Um, he actually talks about them a little bit earlier in the chapter. We skipped over that verse, but, but this is what he says about them in verse 1. He says, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door climbs in by another way. That man is a thief and a robber. So he's identifying who the thief and the robber is. A man who comes, climbs in by another way. Somebody who's not doing things the right way. They're sneaking in from the side, being kind of shady, you know, not walking through the front door. They're coming in another way. And so you kind of have to envision this, what, what Jesus is talking about, uh, this picture that he's painting. He's talking about sheep, a, a sheepfold. I like to picture, like, uh, you know, a fence and some green uh, grass and, and then, you know, you have somebody, you, you see him on your peripherals, you catch him out of the corner of your eye. Somebody who's trying to sneak in another way, the thief and the robber. So he says, all who came before me. What he, what he is referencing is the Jewish leaders who came before him. That's who he's talking about. Um, He's saying the, the Jewish leaders who came before me, specifically religious leaders, the ones who came before me, they were thieves and robbers. Um, just to talk about the, the, the Jewish people a little bit. Why, why, you know, why is God talking to Jew, or Jesus, who is God? Why is Jesus talking to the Jewish people? Uh, why is he talking about Jewish leaders? Well, the Jewish people, they are the people that... God chose uh, to, to deliver a blessing through. He, he blessed the world through the Jewish people. It's, it's through the Jewish people that we have the word of God. Why this verse, we're able to read this verse today. He spoke the word to them first and they wrote it down. It's through the Jewish people that, that Jesus was born. Jesus was born a Jew. So the Savior was born from the Jewish people. And uh, so God blessed the world in this way, where he gave his message through the Jews. And he gave the Savior through the Jews. But the thing about the Jewish people is, even though God chose these people, they did not always have 
the best leaders. There was corrupt leaders. If you read through the Bible, you, you will see time and time again, story and story, where you talk about a certain king or a certain uh, priest who did not follow God's ways. And so this is what he's talking about. He's talking about, you know, these are the thieves and robbers who came uh, before me. And, and at the time that uh, Jesus is speaking, he, he, there is there's still some Jewish religious leaders who are corrupt. They're called the uh, Sanhedrin. It's a governing body of 70 judges. And, and Jesus had this to say about them. If, if you look into to Matthew 23, you can go read it at home. And he's talking about these religious leaders. And he says, they preach, but they do not practice. It says they tithe, they give to the temple, but they don't treat others with mercy and justice. It says, Jesus said about them, they only do good deeds to be seen and praised by others. They like to be honored. They like people to give them titles. They like to be uh, just seen by others. And he said they're like cups that are clean on the outside, but on the inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence. It's in Matthew 23. You can go read it. And don't you just hate it when you, you know, he's talking about cups. When you go into a cabinet and you grab a glass, you're trying to, like, pour yourself a refreshing drink. And then you look in there and there's, like, a roach crawling around inside. <laughs> no, that doesn't happen to you, only to me? Okay, you have a, you have a clean home. You have a clean home. Uh, <laughs> And that's what he's saying. There's cups that are clean on the outside, but in the inside, it's dirty. It's dirty. That's what he was saying about these, the, the religious leaders of the time. Serpents is another word. He called them serpents. There might be a few people that you want to call a serpent in your life, but we're not going to get into that this afternoon. Um, it's forgiveness. That's another sermon. Forgiveness. <laughs> so... So this is who Jesus is talking about. These thieves and robbers, they sneak in through another way. They are supposed to be uh, leaders, but they are not good leaders. They've led the people astray. And so what I'm saying is, I'm not only talking about uh, people. This verse is talking about people, but I'm talking about anything that we allow to lead us in life. There's lots of different things, not only people, but ideas, uh, uh, beliefs, ways of living that can lead us astray. We've put, we, it's, it's a possibility that we may have allowed these things to be in a position of leadership in our lives. But it's these things that we've trusted in to take us somewhere. They're nothing but thieves and robbers and uh it's like in verse eight when he said uh you know all who came before me were thieves and robbers and he said but the sheep do not listen to them i'm sure you can get the idea but in this story you and i were the sheep in this story it says the sheep do not listen to these thieves and robbers but but i think that sometimes as sheep we do allow these other voices, these other influences, these things that come in through another way, sometimes we do listen to them. Sometimes we do allow these things to influence us. And why? 
Why is this the case? Why does this happen to us? Why do we sometimes put uh, things and people and ideas and ways of living uh, into position of leadership over our lives? Why, why do we do this? It's, I think it's because of this idea that Jesus said, because the cup, it looks clean on the outside. It looks good. But when you dig a little deeper, and it's ugly. It's ugly. Uh, I'm studying right now in school. I'm working on a Master of Science in Finance, and uh, I had to take an economics class. And in this class, there's this uh, uh, problem called moral hazard. Moral hazard is the word. And, and what it is is I can give you a few examples. Um, let's say, you know, there's a business. They're looking for investors. And they say, uh, you know, they go to the investors and they say, hey, you know, this is, this is our business. This is how we make money. These are the activities that we engage in. These are the products. And the investors hear all these things. They say, that, you know, this sounds good. I'm going to go ahead and invest my money into this business. But once the business owners, they get the money, what do they do? They switch it up. They start engaging in different business activities, start maybe uh, taking on some projects that don't have a good chance of being successful. And why? Because it's not their money. You know, it's, it's the investor's money. And so, you know, the investor's just kind of out of luck. You know, they get a bad deal. That's a moral hazard. Business looked good at the beginning, turned out not to be. I can give you maybe another example that's more relatable. Let's say, uh, you know, you're in a, uh, you've gotten into a relationship with somebody, and at the beginning, everything seems good. Everything, they're very sweet, and they're nice, and, you know, they take you out and everything. But then after you invest a little bit more time and money into the relationship, then they just pull the old switcheroo, <laughs> just like the business owners. You know, it just turns out to be something what you didn't expect. You know, it didn't turn out how you thought it would turn out. And, uh, but it's the same thing. It's like, it looked, it seemed good at the beginning, but you dig a little deeper. You look inside the cup, and there's roaches on the inside. You just put that cup back inside the cabinet. <laughs> Throw it away, somebody said. Throw it away. So this is that, that idea of, you know, there's, Things can look good. We can see something and think that, yes, this, what I'm saying is this also applies to uh, our lives. That where we see an idea, we take a belief, a way of living, and we say, this seems good to us. This is how I'm going to live. I'm going to follow this. I'm going to put this into a position of leadership in my life. But then you see... And you're like, hold on, like, I don't like what I'm seeing. I don't like where my life is right now. I don't like where my life is going. It's the same thing. You trusted something to lead you and direct you and guide you in life, but it didn't end up the way that you thought it would. Roaches on the inside of the cup. So I, I asked that question is, Examine, take time to reflect who or what is leading your life. It can look good, but it's just, it's nothing but a thief and a robber that came in another way. 
And uh, Proverbs 16.25 says this in a simpler way, better than I can say it. It says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. There's lots of things that may seem right to us, lots of things that we can follow, lots of people, lots of things that seek to influence us. But we must be very careful because the way may lead to death. So who are you following? Who is the leader of your life? The, the, so there's so many things that we can follow that can just end up as thieves and robbers. So, so what are we left with? Who do we follow? And this is where I said that Jesus is telling us who he is. He's putting himself forward as the one that you can trust in. He says in John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. Remember, we're the sheep in this story. Who is it that sheep follow? Shepherd. That He's putting himself forward as the leader, like that book that I was talking about at the beginning. Make Jesus the leader of your life. And there is uh, benefits for the sheep of, of trusting in the good shepherd, of following the good shepherd. There's good things for the sheep who doesn't listen to the voice of the thief and the robber, but instead listens to the voice of Jesus um, I'm going to be highlighting some of these points, some of these benefits of the good shepherd. And I do have to say that some of these points are inspired by another sermon. I'm not trying to plagiarize, so I have to say this. Uh, but it might not be one you heard because it was preached in 1886. So uh, Charles Spurgeon, maybe you heard the name before, very well-known preacher of olden days, uh, sermon was called Our Own Dear Shepherd. I really liked it, so I did take some inspiration from this uh, sermon. So the good shepherd, what can we say about the good shepherd? The good shepherd, he owns the sheep. If you notice before in that verse we talked about, there was some hired hands involved in the story. And it says these hired hands, they don't own the sheep. They care nothing for the sheep. But on the other hand, Jesus, as the good shepherd, he owns the sheep. He owns the sheep. So when you make Jesus the leader of your life, you become a part of his flock. You are one of his own. And... Uh, you know, there, there's something about uh, ownership. Um, you, you know, when we own something, we should take care of it. I'm not, not going to say we always do take care of it. But whenever we own something, it's different. It's ours. It's ours. Um, the other, a few weeks ago, uh, I was helping a, a friend of mine move um, and I had another uh, volunteer mover with me. He, he's right over there, actually. Jaime, over there. Um, he, we were unloading this uh, dresser from this truck. And then, but when we were moving it, we heard like this sound, like a, 
And, and we were like, well, what was that, you know? Like, and then, you know, we inspected the, the dresser, and it turned out that there was a little crack that had formed on the back of the dresser. So we're like, well, it's on the back. It's going to go against the wall. No, nobody's going to see it, you know? Like, uh, and so I was, you know, I didn't really think about it too much. But then I was thinking in my head, but, but what if this was my dresser? Like, what if it belonged to me? Uh, what if I owned the dresser? Well, it would really bother me, actually. Like, I, maybe I can't see the crack in the back, but I know it's there. I know it's there, and I'm like, man, I just, I don't know. I know it's a small crack, but I got to go buy a new dresser. I just don't like the idea of there being a crack there because it, it belongs to me. We don't like when something that belongs to us, like it, you know, something happens to it or it just, I don't know, it gets messed up. We, we don't like that. When something happens to something that we own, it hits different when you own something. And Jesus, he owns the sheep. When the cracks start forming in your life, Jesus takes notice of that. He takes notice of the sheep when something happens to one of his own. So what else can we say about the uh, good shepherd? In the uh, ancient times, when you would ask a shepherd, you know, how much are you worth? You know, like today you have like, uh, I think it's like Forbes, maybe, you know, they tell you the, the net worth of all the, the rich people. I don't know if you've ever looked up like what's so-and-so's net worth. I don't know if you've ever done that before. Um, but in the old times, when you asked a shepherd how much was he worth, he would say, well, I own this amount of sheep. The sheep are his wealth. The good shepherd the sheep are his wealth. You and I are Jesus' wealth. We are what he values. We are his treasure. You know, I, I like I said, I, I'm into finance. I, I, uh, I follow the stock market. I, I invest. And if you also do, then you know, like, over the past few months, it's been a terrible, terrible market. Like, uh, prices of the stocks, they're just falling. Uh, the value of my investments has decreased. And, and this is, in a, in a way, and it, it, that my wealth has decreased. My wealth has dropped. The value of my investments has dropped. And this, you know, I'm not happy about it. It it's kind of bothers me a little bit. Um, but for Jesus, his wealth it's not tied up in money. It's not tied up in stocks. It's not cryptocurrency. Jesus' wealth is you and I. We are what Jesus values the most. Now, these thieves and robbers and these hired hands, they care nothing about the sheep. The sheep are not valuable to them. But Jesus, your value to him Matthew 10, I think, explains this a little bit. Uh, it says, Matthew 10, verse 29, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the Father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. 
that's the kind of value that, uh, that the good shepherd puts on us. All the hairs of your head are numbered. Now me, you know, over the last few years, I've, I feel like I've been losing a few of the hairs that I have. So, uh, but Jesus knows the number. You know, he, I, I might have lost a few, but he knows the number. Whatever's left there, he knows it. Um, so we are the wealth of the good shepherd. You are his treasure. You are valuable to the good shepherd. And going along that line of that he knows us. He knows you to the point that he knows the number of hairs on your head. This is the next point about the good shepherd is that he knows you. In the 14th verse of what we read, uh, chapter 10, verse 14, it says, I know my own. That's what Jesus says. I know my own. And how much does he know you? He, he describes it as just as the father knows me. How well does the Father know Jesus? How well does the Father know the Son? Um, you know, we could talk a little bit about the the Trinity, the idea that, you know, there's three persons, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, three separate and distinct persons, yet they're one God. Um, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I've tried to to really understand what that means exactly, and it's a mystery to me. I can't fully grasp it. But what I do know is that between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, there is perfect unity. They are one God. And because of that perfect unity, they have perfect knowledge of one another. The Father has perfect knowledge of the Son. So what is Jesus saying? He's saying, I know you just as the Father knows me. He's saying, I have perfect knowledge of you. Jesus has perfect knowledge of you. There is, uh, they say that one of the greatest desires that humans have is to be known, to be fully known and to be loved and to be accepted. Well, Jesus fully knows you. He fully knows you. He knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. The, the, your worries, your struggles. He knows what makes you happy. He knows what makes you sad. He knows what keeps you up at night. And he knows your flaws. He knows your sins. Maybe that some things that no one else knows about you. That he knows. And I like one uh, a quote that, that Charles Spurgeon said about this. He said, they say human love is blind. But Christ's love has many eyes, and all its eyes are open, and yet loves us still. Maybe you've heard about that. You know, when, when people, you know, they're first getting into a relationship, they, what do they call it? They see the other person through rose-colored glasses. They only see the good things, and, you know, they kind of just, they're blind to the bad things. That, that's what Spurgeon was talking about. Human love is blind. You know, we, we only like to see the good parts. But that's not Jesus' love. It has many eyes. It sees everything about you. And yet, he loves you still. Can I get the uh, worship team to help me with some music? Maybe a little guitar. And the last thing that uh, Jesus tells us about himself 
as the good shepherd is that uh, he says, I lay my life down for the sheep. Remember those hired hands we talked about? It says, you know, the hired hands, they've been hired to take care of the sheep. But then the wolf comes, and what do they do? Run away. They leave the sheep on their own, vulnerable, because they don't own the sheep. They care nothing for the sheep. But Jesus, when the wolf comes, when the enemy of the sheep comes to devour the sheep, when death and sin comes for the sheep, what does Jesus do? I lay my life down for the sheep. So maybe there's been some other things that you've trusted in your life that you've allowed to lead you. But when the wolf came, when the trials came, it ran away. It just, it, it was, there was nothing there. It was roaches inside of the cup. You ended up in a place you didn't want to be. But Jesus, when we trust Jesus, and the wolf comes, there's no roaches in the cup. It's clean on the outside, clean on the inside. Jesus, he lays down his life for the sheep. He is the good shepherd. And you know the, the well-known story. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Many sermons have been preached about this. You know, they say, you know, we should have been the ones up on the cross. We should have been the ones who took the penalty of our own sins. We should have been the one to take the attack of the wolf. But no, Jesus, he laid down his life for us. He died in our place. And what I find it interesting, you know, when Jesus was speaking this verse, this was before, you know, this was before he died, obviously. This is before he was crucified. And what does he say in this verse? When he's talking about laying down his life, he says in verse 18, I laid down my life, but I have authority to take it up again. This is why the people were calling him demon-possessed and crazy. He's like, what is this guy talking about? He has authority to take back his own life? The people didn't believe. The people didn't believe. Remember, this is before he died, before he's resurrected. He's saying, I have authority to take my life back. I lay it down for you, but I have authority to take it back up again. And we know that that's what happened, that when Jesus died on the cross, he did take his life back again. He resurrected from the dead. He conquered death on our behalf. He conquered the wolf for us, the sheep. When others that we may have trusted in left us and abandoned us, Jesus laid down his life and he conquered the wolf. He took his life back up again. And what did he do with that life? John 10.10, the famous verse, he gives it to you. I come so that they may have life abundant, abundant life. That's the good shepherd. He lays down his life, takes it back up again, and then gives it to you. He gives you abundant life. The type of life 
that we can't even understand. Like the, the Bible describes it, no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has prepared for those who put their trust in him. Now, I invite you to stand to your feet uh, this evening or this afternoon as we close out with the song. The question was, who, who is the leader of your life? Who, who do you choose to, to allow to guide you? Where do you put your trust? There's a lot of things we can follow. Lots, many choices. Some of those things are thieves and robbers, and it, it's the way that leads to death. And Jesus, as the good shepherd, on the other hand, make him the leader of your life. And he gives us abundant life. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for this, this word this afternoon. I pray that we would take this word into our hearts, Lord. That we would really examine ourselves and reflect and to be honest with ourselves and say, say, what, what is really leading my life? Where am I going? Where is my life headed? Am I trusting in the right things? Lord, help us to see the truth. Move in our hearts, God. Show us, show us where we may have made the wrong choices. And Lord, I know that you are the good shepherd and that you will guide us, Father that you will guide us into life, Father. That I know that you love us, that you care for us, that, that you have laid down your life for us, that you give us abundant life, Lord, and we thank you for that. So I ask that for each and every person here, Father, that you as the good shepherd, you would lead us this afternoon. Lead us, Father. Lead us into life, Father. Thank you, Father. We hope you've enjoyed this message. We'd love to hear your story about how you've been blessed by this ministry or how we can pray for you. To connect with us, you can email us at amen at myemmanuelchurch.com. And if you would like to support us financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. Also, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you in person for the full worship experience. Thanks again, and we hope you have a blessed week.